This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. Today I'm talking to Sasha Gupta from Cheeky Zebra. It was such a fun conversation. Sasha shares why she quit law to start selling cards, how she creates them despite having um, very little design experience and her varied and sometimes quite amusing experiences of wholesaling her cards. Um, she talks about how she was doing that initially, um, what's changed and you know, and now she's doing by her own admission really really well um and I think you'll be really interested to hear about her journey I absolutely love how open Sasha is she also talks a lot about her family and the role that they play in her business I think you'll really love this conversation and I'd now like to introduce you to Sasha so hi Sasha thank you so much for being here thank you for having me oh I'm so excited to talk to you um can we please start by you giving introductions yourself your business and what you sell yes hi so I'm Sasha. Our business is called uh, Cheeky Zebra. I say our business. It is pretty much my business, but it's become like a family business. And by that, I mean my nan helps me pack cards for free. So we sell fun and cheeky greeting cards for real life. Perfect. Thank you. And we'll talk a little bit more a bit later about the role your family plays. because I follow <laughs> your Instagram story. So I know your nan is a huge part of your business. We definitely, definitely will talk about that. Um, but let's start right at the beginning, Sasha, and talk about how and why you started Cheeky Zebra. Because I know that you, I did see that you quit law to get started. <laughs> so I'm just really fascinated in the backstory, if you don't mind sharing that. No, of course. It's funny you say that literally every time I get into a taxi. So um I'm Indian for anyone listening and literally every time I get into a taxi I normally have an Indian taxi driver and the first thing they say is like what do you do and I'll be like oh I've got a greeting card business and they'll be like oh cool and then we'll get talking and then they'll end up telling me about their kid and be like so what did you do at uni and I'll be like oh I did law and then they'll be like so what have you done with your life I get that like all the time Uh, so yeah I am I studied law at uni and then I went on to do some corporate jobs in London and then I actually started doing law. I came back home and I did law. Uh, I think I worked at a law firm for a, a couple of years um, and I started doing Cheeky Zebra at the start on the side because, you know, when you just know something's not for you and I just always wanted to do something more creative. And like when I was younger, I'd always wanted my own business. I remember I used to tell everyone I was going to have a fish and chip shop. I was so proud of myself. I was like, five, I'm going to make fish and chips. Um, and then I actually, the truth is, I saw a Facebook ad for another card company and they were doing like funny greeting cards. And I literally just remember thinking, oh, I can do that. Um, 
and then that was literally it like um I think I had also gone through a breakup at the time so I just decided that I was going to start doing breakup cards so my first little range was like a bunch of breakup cards um and so I did this also while I was doing law um on the side and then eventually I decided like I can't do this anymore so I quit law and I gave myself a year to give it a really good shot um and now it's four years later I think yeah oh wow yeah I think that's right you know your brain's like trying to do the maths in your head but yeah so um fingers crossed it's been all right So how did you teach yourself to design and print cards? Because I know that you like do them all yourself. Um, And I can't work it out, Sasha. Do you hand draw them or do you draw them online? Um, How how do you do it and how did you learn how to do that? Yeah, that's a really good question. So um, I taught my, I say I taught myself how to use Photoshop, but I find that anybody who can properly use Photoshop and sees me play around with it finds it really triggering because like, (laughs) I'm clearly not doing it properly um but I used to um, when I was actually in law or any corporate job I've had I used to whenever I was on the phone I'd open up paint you know on um and I would just draw like endless pictures like I'd be on a really serious call and I'd just be like coloring rainbows and on paint so like um I've always enjoyed kind of drawing these stuff so what I do at the moment is a lot of my cards you'll notice are kind of text-based that's purely because like I'm not a graphic designer but, um, and if there are illustrations, they'll be really simple. And I, what I'll tend, I used to just draw them on a sketch pad, take a picture, um, scan it into Photoshop and then colour it in. Um, but then now sometimes I'll buy images. And then what I've also done recently is, because I wanted to do cards with people and I can't do people. And then I found like this way on Photoshop where you can kind of take an image and then you can kind of distort it and like make it more of an illustration style. And then I can like go over it a bit and change it a little bit. So yeah, I've managed to kind of get around it that way. But I definitely wouldn't say that I'm a graphic designer by any means. Oh, but that's so clever though that you found out a way to to do it. And I also love the reference to paint because that's so like 19, I don't know, 2000s. um, I feel like kids now won't know what paint is, will they? No, I don't think they will either, but I really appreciated that reference because I used to love paint as well. Um, so that's really cool. Okay, so you had the design. So how did you learn how to like, because I know you do your own printing, don't you? You don't like outsource your printing. No, so that was a massive learning curve. Um, so when we first started our cards, like when I say first started, I mean like I'd sell them to like people I knew and I would um, get a piece of A4 card and I'd just fold it in half. I didn't realize that you shouldn't be folding card in half yourself. That crease line is a mess. I'd like, I don't know if anyone's ever tried this, but you won't get a pretty crease. So I um I then learned like, oh, I need pre-creased cardstock. Okay, that was fine. And then it was like a nightmare trying to figure out what printer. Um, so I just did loads and loads of research um, and just loads of trial and error. Like for a period we had like textured card and that would print awfully or it was too thin or it was too. So I think it took me about six months and a lot of wasted money because every time I thought I'd find the right stock, I did this really stupid thing where I was like, that's the right one. I should book buy it. And it's like, well, no idiot. You should test it first <laughs> before you spend all this money on stock. Um, so yeah, it was just a lot of trial and error. And we still like have issues now like last valentine's day we were doing it on like desktop printers and we had a thousand orders a day and it was a nightmare because they couldn't cope so each time we kind of level up it's another case of like figuring out what the next best solution is if that makes sense 
Yeah, that does. Do you have to buy, do you have more than one printer now? I know that's a really yeah. random question. But no, 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 no. Yeah. It was all. <laughs> so now we've got three printers. Um, so for when we're really busy, it's a lot easier. And like my granddad, <laughs> he gets up when it's like Valentine's Day. He chooses to do this. I do not force him. He insists. He bans me from being near the printer because he thinks I'm bad luck. And he'll start at like six in the morning and he'll like get his three printers going and he'll have them kind of like all printed by say 10. So it's just like four hours of him just like standing at the printers. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's intense. Yeah, but he gets good. really angry if you get near him. Like he doesn't <laughs> want my help. He's like, get out. Like, <laughs> oh, that, that's commitment. And you print your cards on demand, don't you? Which I think is really, really smart. And have you always done that? Or did you just like used to print off cards and hope they'd sell? Uh, so originally I used a company called, I think I'm shouting with them because they're really good. They're called um, the Imaging Center. And like, I know a lot of people get their stuff printed, but so we did that first, but I found it really hard for that reason. I didn't know what was going to sell. So I have over a thousand designs. So I literally don't know what's going to sell until I put them on platforms like Etsy, Amazon, and the ones that take off will take off or I'll do them on Facebook ads. And again, we just don't know till we test. So once I decided to print in-house, it just made it easier because it means that we could offer so many designs um, and it just doesn't matter to the customer. Like they get more choice um, and we're not limited as to like what we can give them because then we're not holding stock. So if I know it's Valentine's Day, for instance, and we're going to run a Facebook ads, which I hope go well this year. And if we know like what our traditional bestsellers are, beforehand we might print a couple of thousand just so because we know they're going to go but I've learned the lesson now of like I just won't print it unless I'm like 100% sure we'll get rid of it yeah that makes sense and it's also nice as well that I know that you can print messages inside the cards as well so it's like I guess that's another benefit of printing them for the customer is that you can put what they want in it and that's really nice as well yeah it allows us to occasionally we don't do it too often because it does take so much time but like a couple of the designs that like we can change the name on the front as well but even like figuring out this is so silly but even figuring out like how to print a message inside a card was so difficult like I kept flipping the paper the wrong way and then like having to like teach my granddad no we flip it this way <laughs> it was like it was such a minefield but like eventually we kind of got our heads around it and I would say our operations are quite like they're quite slick now yeah, it sounds like you've made massive progress since you just started out like selling cards to your friends. So how do you, how have you, do you think, apart from like all the trial and error that you've done, what else have you done that you think's helped you grow to where you are now? Uh, a few things. To be really like the, the truth is hire a really good Facebook ad manager. Like I'd be lying if I said that that wasn't the biggest thing that grew our business. Because I think um, I heard Carly Stringer does our Facebook ads and like, I only hired her to prove that they didn't work just to tick it off my list of like things that don't work for us and we did everyday cards with her and we lost money like quite a lot of money and then we did a father's day campaign and I think we made like 17 grand in revenue for three weeks which was huge considering like our average item is £3.95 like that's a lot and that's when I was like oh wow so basically Facebook ads is something I continually invest and try in and that's been like huge for us um so that was probably one of our biggest growth things but then the other things have been like um social media so definitely showing my face on Instagram because a few years ago I was terrified of showing my face and if anyone sees my Instagram now you won't believe it because what I do is show my face <laughs> just endless face but um I found that kind of showing more of the personality and the people behind the brand it can be a bit well for me it was quite scary but actually that's been really helpful because people like to buy from people and they actually are interested in like your story and stuff so that's really helped us 
Um, and also Pinterest, weirdly, um, I did, a, I spent at the start a lot of time pinning and a lot of time like setting up a scheduler. And actually that brought us in a lot of organic traffic that we weren't getting from anywhere else. So that's been really helpful. So I'd say there were the three things that's definitely helped us the most. Well, that's so interesting. Thank you. And you know, you're the first person I think I've spoken to who's mentioned Pinterest, which I find really useful. Is that still working for you now? Do you still get traffic for your pins? Yes, I do. Um, I've been actually, it's on my list uh, right above me here. It says Pinterest in capital letters because I have like not scheduled for ages. And then, but even though I've not scheduled for ages, I would say we get 300,000 views to Pinterest, our Pinterest account. And from that, I get a good uh a good few sales a month from Pinterest organically still even though I'm not pinning so like when they go viral they kind of stay in the atmosphere somewhere and it keeps bringing us traffic and sales back so it's been so helpful um I would say that I get the most benefit from it though when I've got a scheduler running so I use Tailwind and when I've got pins like scheduled in the background then um, it definitely helps our sales, especially for when things are a bit quieter. It's nice that you've got something kind of working for you without having to think about it. Yeah, that makes sense. And I guess it does, I guess Pinterest is, I know it's a search engine, but I guess it's also kind of social media. And I think it is true, isn't it? That you need, The more consistent you are, the more views you get and the higher you're up in the algorithm and all of that. I suppose it's probably the same. Yeah, I think so. I think that what I would see it as a search engine and not as a social media, particularly. I know some people use it as branding, like as in the, but I, my most controversial Pinterest tip that helped us the most was I pin competitive products, which I know a lot of people would probably not do. I think it's counterintuitive, but actually I found that really helpful because it teaches Pinterest to associate your products with the same stuff. So it teaches Pinterest that like, say this is a funny birthday card that does really well, you pin that one and then you pin your own. Pinterest was like, oh, this board's already full of like other funny birthday cards. So Sasha's pin must be a funny birthday card too. Um, And I've actually found like having that approach to it has been like the biggest game changer for us with Pinterest. That definitely helped with our views and traffic. That is a great tip. Thank you. That is so interesting. I think, yeah, that sounds like a scary one to try, but I'm so pleased that's worked for you. And I think though that, I do, in a way though we shouldn't obviously be scared of competition because it's always going to be there so I guess acknowledging that yes there are other people that sell funny birthday cards for example I mean people know that anyway so yeah it does make I yeah it and, does they, make and sense. Do you know what I probably am getting other people having traffic to their sites too from us pinning them but every time we pin it's almost like you get more authority for your own pins so it's sort of I just don't think about it but I don't know if it's obviously different if like you know we have so many cards I think it's maybe I don't know if the same strategy would work for other products but I definitely think it's something that people shouldn't be afraid to try that was really interesting thank you I've never spoken to anyone I think I'm feeling like I need to get a Pinterest person on at some point (laughs) yeah I've heard that Pinterest can be great for products but you're the first person I've spoken to who's gone yeah actually it has worked so that's really interesting yeah definitely I want to talk to a Pinterest person because I'm always quite scared that I'll tell them what I do and they'll be like that's not what you should be doing but it is what's worked for us so I'm like practice or not if it's worked for us I'm kind of like you can't really tell me that it hasn't worked for us and coming back to your social media which I will link to your Instagram um in the show notes for this episode actually Sasha because I really I love your stories um and I found you I can't remember if you found me or I found you but we found each other on Instagram (laughs) and I love watching you I think your story is so funny and so engaging and yeah I'm definitely not going to buy cards anywhere else um you've convinced me (laughs) um that you are the you know the world's best card company Um, I've learned that if you say something enough 
then it just becomes true it's fine <laughs> and one thing I love seeing in your in your well your stories and your social media in general is like the role your family plays in your business I think <laughs> it's so sweet I think your nan is so funny um do you want to talk about sort of how your family are involved I mean you've mentioned your granddad a bit and your nan but yeah um I think so I am really lucky I have like a very supportive family because I know like sometimes when you're starting a business it can be really difficult I'm not saying that it was easy for me to explain to my granddad who's like quite strict Indian man or was at one point to be like hey I'm quitting law to sell parts like that wasn't the easiest thing but um basically what happened is when I said I was going to take a year to give it a full basically my granddad actually said to me he pulled me aside and was like you're obviously not happy doing this law thing you seem to like this card thing this actually seems to be making you some money so you can do it (laughs) so I always say I gave myself a year but the truth is my granddad was like you have one year and if you don't sort it out you have to go get yourself a job basically um and so what happened was with my family involvement is like so first I think my grandparents were like this is like my grand's always been really sweet and supportive but I think they were like this is this cute thing that Sasha's doing and then when the Facebook ads happened and we suddenly started getting like 300 orders a day for Father's Day I think everyone was a bit like oh okay this might be a real thing um and then from there they just because I needed the help they everybody chipped in so like my auntie uh, my grandparents like everyone like chipped in and then as it's grown my um, grandparents actually have a travel agent and they don't have a lot to do. They just sort of keep it open for something to do almost. So now it's like this weird thing where it's become like something that they enjoy doing for something to do. Um, so it sort of gives them purpose, but I never want to say it like that. Um, and it's become more of a family business. So like now my grand helps pack the cards, my granddad prints the cards um, and they do it alongside their own job and they very much love it. Um, and it's funny because they have their travel agents downstairs and like they'll have customers. And then my grand will say to her customers, like, one minute, I'll come to you in a minute. I'm just packing this order. And I'm like, can't do that. That's so funny. Um, so, yeah, no, it's it's really fun. And, like, we're really, I'm really close to them. So, like, it's nice for me to also be able to spend that much time with my nan. Like, we do the cards together. It, it's quite fun. And, like, putting her on my social media, I really enjoy. But I'm also, like, very mindful that she's, like, the queen of the show. So if she doesn't want to do it, then I'm not going to, like, shove a cover in her face. But um, she is hilarious. And she is a savage. She, like, pretends to be so sweet and it drives me insane. But this woman bullies me. She's, like, 70 and she's, like... <laughs> Um, but it's funny as well because some of the cards are quite rude and I used to think like she wouldn't understand them but I caught her one day laughing to herself at one of the really rude ones and that for me was like a really turning point in my life and I was just like I'm not I'm not going to discuss that with her (laughs) you assumed it just went all over her head genuinely I think I asked her because on my Instagram every so often I'll do a chat with her we'll film a chat together and I asked her I was like what do you think of like these rude cards do you understand them she was like I wasn't born yesterday I was like oh okay (laughs) Oh, where do you get the inspiration for your cards, by the way? Uh, just life. Like, I think I'm one of those people where a lot of the things in in the cards are things that I would that I would say. They're very much in my voice, if that even makes sense. Or like sometimes like my friends will like have an idea or they'll message me and be like, what about, have you thought about something like this? But generally, like they're just, I'm quite like, I'm, I give compliments in quite a sassy way like they're very backhanded that's just like who I am as a person so I think a lot of it just comes from like just how I would speak normally if that makes sense yeah that does make sense and I guess I can see as well from some of your newer cards that like you also take like cultural 
things you know things that are going on like um I'm trying to think of an example so I've seen your squid games card for example yeah that's kind of a thing that's happening that's definitely been newer that's been since I wanted to try something different and I never thought I could do the pop culture cards on the account of like not being able to draw thing but since I found like these this app thing that kind of helps you turn it like a photo to a drawing style I was like oh I'm in and so since then it's been really fun to be able to play around with like more of like topical pop culture type cards that's been really fun and do you have cards that sort of come in and out of the range or like once they're there are they there forever because you were mentioning earlier you've got over a thousand cards and that's a lot to keep track of it is a lot the spreadsheet's a lot but um no I think this is a difficulty and I actually want your opinion on this because if you go to our website like I'm I sometimes think the ranges can be a bit big but now I've like separated them out into mini ones it's not too bad but I always have this view of like if it's one person's perfect card and they've brought it I don't want to get rid of it because even if it just works for one person at least they've managed to get that card that fully significant like matches their situation even if it's quite niche if that makes sense but if like I have so I tend not to if there's some cards that are like really out of date then I will get rid of them because it's like if the joke's a bit dead like I've got a card that's like Netflix and you're the chill to my Netflix and I feel like that was kind of a thing years and years ago but less so now so I think maybe a couple of years from now that might make the cut but generally um I would say they're quite evergreen like obviously these topical ones that we've just spoke about like for squid games and stuff that's different they all have an expiry date but otherwise I kind of think like if they work then I'll just keep them up yeah I would say so I think as long I think the main thing is when you've got a massive range is just they like you said they need to be easy to find I think as long as people can find the card that they want and they're not just like scrolling 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 yeah then I think it's fine but as you said on your site the cards are really well organized I think people would know where to go and I mean there are let's face it as well there are card shops that probably have an even bigger range of cards but it's just like it just comes down to how you categorize and does it and break them down I think having your own website is magic for that because actually I can have an unlimited amount of cards provided they're like packaged in the right way because I still look at cards and I'm like oh actually my home range is missing a bit more sass or like I could do with a few more funnier birthday I mean uh, baby cards so I think I'll always have loads of cards but when we did wholesale that was tricky because I realized then that shops don't care they don't want to like go through a thousand products so I did just have to like massively put it down um, but I just went with the best sellers for each category, so it didn't feel too painful. That's actually that's a nice segue. Actually, let's actually talk a little bit about wholesale because I know that's something um, that you've had a, quite a journey on, shall we say? <laughs> yeah. um, and I know it's something you started um, and then stopped, and then have just recently picked up again. So, do you want to talk about home, wholesale and sort of where you started and where you are now, and what's happened in between? And I might interrupt yeah. and ask some questions. Of course, please do. Uh, so, our so. <laughs> I've always been skeptical of like trade shows and stuff because I just thought why am I going to spend two grand for no one to buy my cards that was like very much my attitude it probably wasn't right um I've been since working with Teresa the wholesale collaborative no what's she called small I don't small business collaborative yeah she was actually um I'm just going to mention she was on a podcast episode recently which I'm also going to link to in the show notes because I think you don't mind me saying Sasha she's amazing when it comes to wholesale she knows everything she's got some great advice so I'll I'll link through to that because I think that's really relevant yeah, she completely changed my life wholesale world. So before I worked with Therese, I cold called, this is funny, sometimes don't you find that not knowing is great because it makes you just take action? Because I didn't know anything about how it all works. So I just called a shop and I was like, hi, I've got really good cards. I think you should buy stuff. And um, 
turns out they were a uh, national store and they had 50 stores, didn't realize. Um, and they were like, come to our place. So I went to their place and I had some of the toughest conversations of my life. And they were like, um, obviously everything will be barcoded. I was like, obviously, didn't even know how you get a barcode. I was like, sure, of course it'll be barcoded. Um, and then they gave me a price that I needed to get to. And their price was outrageous. And I was so excited to have got the order because I think they ordered like 7,000 that I took the price. And I think, I can't remember, but I made pennies a card. Like it, it wasn't worth it. I think for the amount of cards they ordered, it wasn't worth it. Like I think I might have made a couple of grand in total, but the amount of labor and stuff that it was, it just, like my family became a sweatshop and we got these cards out. So like ever since then, I was like, um, and it was so funny because to the outside world, it looked so successful. Like everyone started seeing my cards like in these shops everywhere. But for from a bottom line perspective, it just wasn't worth it. And presumably you had to print all those cards, put them in envelopes, package them up, put them in boxes, send them to these stores. It was awful. Like we had to, there was like, uh, the first order was about, I think 7,000. We were hand packing. And also we don't just put them in envelopes because when they're going to stores, you have to put them in cello wraps. And our house is full. When you, if I don't know if anyone's ever had to do this, but when you seal a cello wrap, you get these little flimsy bits that come off the end and you can never get them off your hands. And like, I think weeks after that order, I was still finding them like in cupboards, like just these little package bits. <laughs> so it completely like took over my entire house. Um, and yeah, so it was, it was one of those things where it looked really shiny on the outside, but actually just wasn't worth it. So I was really cynical about wholesale. Then I started working with Therese and she was kind of like, made me see that it is possible to make it work profitably. Um, and it was interesting because selling to normal people's fine. And I obviously, I'm proud of my cards. I think they're great, but it made me realize I had a lot of insecurity in myself. You know, when you're trying to sell to a shop, I started to think like, oh, are our cards even funny? Or are they as good as other people's cards? And then Therese kind of said to me like, Sasha, you, you sold 50,000 cards to people like online. So why is this different? Like, it will be fine. And I think it's really interesting. But once you get over like the mindset stuff, um, touch wood, I think it's going to be really helpful because say, so at the moment, I think we're hoping, I think the target is to hopefully get to like 10 customers by the end of this year, like regulars. And it's not too far off. Um, but imagine I can grow that to 50 by like this time next year or 100 this time next year. And it, you realize like it will take so much pressure off like your income a little bit. So yeah. that's been a bit of a journey for me. And it'll put you in front of more people, obviously, as well. Yeah, it all sounds good. So have you what have you learned about sort of like the process side of things? though? Because I'm, I'm guessing so if you do end up with 10 regular customers, have you thought about what you might need to do differently in order to actually like fulfill those orders as well as fulfilling your everyday orders you get through your website? Because it sounds like that could be when I say a big jump I hope you know how how I mean that I mean in terms of the number of cards you're having to produce on like a daily weekly monthly basis that could be a huge jump so have you thought about that at all um not yet because I think I'm a little bit like deal with it when it comes to yeah. it at the moment it's not too crazy because you to, to do 100 cards isn't too time consuming for us to manage but I've had to put in separate processes to be like priority each day is to get today's orders done then it's the wholesale order afterwards if you know what I mean yes because um so if we think of them as two separate things and then I've got a system in place now so like I kind of I do need to make our invoicing system a lot smoother because it takes me a long time to manually copy in each line of what everyone's ordered so there's definitely things that need to be 
fixed within that. Um, but also weirdly where I do have a system is more for the selling thanks to Therese than anywhere else. So now I use Trello and I have like a board that tells me like all of the leads and like they're all in the different columns. So like this week is like contact. So one section is like have contacted. Then after I've contacted them the first week, I put them in section two, which is like send a sample pack. And so it gives me a really clear place. And what's really cool is what she's done is for my existing customers, I have like columns, like months. So under each month, I know when they last ordered. So say somebody last ordered in November, then I set a reminder on Trello to email them in January for Valentine's Day. Or if they last ordered in like August, I'd have a note in October to say, hey, how are the cards going? By the way, we've got these new shiny Christmas ones. Um, and so actually I found that having a system for selling has been like one of the biggest because you don't have time to second guess yourself when it's like already systemized, if that makes sense. You can't yeah. talk yourself out of like approaching somebody if it's in your diary to approach them about this. Yeah, that makes sense. And it sounds like, so first of all, it sounds like you weren't wor- too worried about contacting people. You were saying you were just picking up the phone and not really knowing what you were doing. But after you'd had some sort of, I don't want to say bad, I don't know if they were bad experiences, but let's say challenging experiences. You can tell me <laughs> if they were bad or not. Oh, no, some did of them that change, awful. Yeah, yeah, did that change did. how you felt about picking up the phone and oh, talking yeah, to people? definitely. Like, um, I called one person and the chat was going really well. Then I told him that I'd need him to pay pro forma invoice instead of 30 day credit terms and he swore at me and hung up and I was like okay <laughs> um so that one was pretty shit then I had um yeah not I'm making people out to be monsters they're really not like most people are lovely but after doing imagine when you're calling and calling and calling like you know you've had like 30 phone calls in a day and they've all no one's really been that interested like it it does make you feel away I think I had to like realize like um it doesn't matter like there's like however many shops in the UK even if I can get two percent of them then I would be happy like I would be making loads of money and so I had to realize that I almost started telling myself that every person that said no I'm just closer to the person that said yes and almost just like not also I don't know if this is true for you because I know you had your own business but like trying not to see it as a reflection of you so people said yeah. no to the business I'm like they said no to me and it's like well they didn't yeah I think that's a really good attitude thinking like every no is getting closer to a yes because and I really resonate with what you said about taking it personally because when it's your products and you've designed them and you've put like your heart and your soul and your time and your money and everything else into them it does feel like they're rejecting you so if they say no I don't want your your things it does feel like you go like oh but this is you know they're saying no to me but they're not of course said you know it might just be that they've already got their own stockies of cards or whatever the product is but it is really hard not to take it personally um and yeah and, and not to take well for me anyway I remember feeling like when I was getting no's for anything I just used to feel like oh they don't like me but it's yeah. nothing to do with you and like I think once you get sort of your ego out of the way it really does help it's weird because it's like obviously in that situation you're upset because you're like your ego if anything is diminished it's not like you're being arrogant but it is a case of still you need to just get your ego away out of the way in the sense of it's not about us but like I found that hard I don't know if it's the same for you but even like friends like when I was like oh they're just they don't love my like they're not super interested in my business or they don't love my cards I felt really like sad and then I realized like my friend's a dentist I don't call her and be like how was picking teeth today like I don't do that I've never done that so why just because I've started my own business do I expect that same level of thing 
Um, so I had to deal with it with that. And then I had to deal with my ego with wholesale too. And just be like, you know, you're just not going to be everyone's cup of tea in the same way that I don't like everything. But that doesn't mean I hate people. Yeah, that makes sense. I think the only exception for that for me is that I really don't like it when people don't respect what you do because it's your own thing. And they kind of think you've got like, a, I'm saying little in air quotes, they think you've got like a little business. Or a hobby. And, or a hobby. And they don't take it as a, seriously as if you were employed. And you could be doing exactly the same thing. But if you worked for Clintons, they take you really seriously. But because it's your own thing, they're like, oh, it's just your little hobby on your little side business or whatever. That's what I find um, quite offensive. I but, get other than that, that is fine do you no I no I think I can understand why of course why that would like not be okay because they are just diminishing your kind of livelihood but like I definitely get a lot of that but I don't I don't know if there's something a bit like unhinged about me but whenever someone's like that with me I just sort of enjoy it now I just kind of like save it in a bank of my head of just like motivation and I'm just kind of like yeah that's fine that's really good possibly it says you've got more self-confidence than I do because <laughs> <Possibly laughs> I take it really badly I get I don't I don't to be honest it hasn't happened to me for a long time but when it did I used to take severe offense to it so yeah maybe emotionally you're doing better than I was <laughs> I mean I've had a lot of therapy of that <laughs> <laughs> oh no but I'm really pleased to know that doesn't get to you because I feel like it's really like having your own business is hard anyway and when like everyone around you isn't even if they're not being dismissive if they're not being fully supportive it can be hard so I'm really glad that you don't have those feelings about it ever have people have like quite intrusive questions that they wouldn't ask you if you didn't have your own business yeah like how much you earning and things like that I was like when I was working in law you never once asked me how much I earn but today you're gonna be at lunch and be like so Sasha how much money have you made this month I was like how much money have you made bitch do you know what I mean it just felt a little bit like excuse me (laughs) I just wonder if that was the same for you like just this thing of when you start a small business people just suddenly think that yeah that it's a weird like perception shift in terms of questions that you get asked yeah I know what you mean and like the generous part of me though it does feel like some I think part of it is is genuine curiosity because I think there are I think there are lots more people who would like to have their own business to do their own thing than actually do and so there's a part of me that thinks that some of these questions are like they're going I wonder if I could do that but would I make enough money to cover my mortgage you know you know oh, like that's fair. No, yeah, I think fair, part of it is I think part of it might be that I mean some of it, it I think it kind of depends on who's asking and you know who's yeah, asking and what, where they're coming from the but I do I think a lot of people that I speak to I think are more I think are coming from a place of oh I was quite like to do that and they're just trying to suss it out trying to think okay is she making a living and you know what I mean and I kind of get that um because I think no. it is such a scary thing to do and I when I started my business before that I hadn't I'd, I'd already left my corporate career and I've been doing something else it, it didn't it wasn't a as much of a big leap but say you're like working a full-time corporate job as you were and you're thinking of leaving that that's like it's a no, much bigger really leap of faith scary. isn't it yeah. yeah that is really scary I mean like I moved back home as well which helped like yeah I can't deny like I can't pretend that it isn't scary and I think you're right actually maybe I'm being a bit cynical well no some people were just being nosy but I agree that like there is fair that we want to ask those questions from that perspective yeah because it is so scary to do isn't it yeah it is scary and it doesn't you know I don't think as well that it's a case of it doesn't work because obviously sometimes it doesn't always work but you know there were times for me where things have gone horribly wrong but I think if you're consistent enough and you keep at it for long enough, 
I don't know anyone where it hasn't, they haven't figured it out, whether they've had to pivot a lot or not, like if they might have had to change a lot of things. But I think if you're willing to change and learn, I think you can kind of figure it out. Yeah, I think I see what you mean. I think that's right. I think that, like you said, even if it is a big, you know, even if it's a big pig a pivot, like a complete 180, mm-hmm. I think that, yeah, if you keep, I think there's a lot to say for consistency, isn't there? Um, and I was talking to a friend recently who started up a completely different business and, sort, and she's a few months in and was saying, you know, she hasn't made a lot of money. And I was saying, well, if you keep going, I truly, truly believe you will. But the main thing is you just have to keep going. And it's, I think it's getting through that hard early stage where you're not quite sure what's working and that's what I think that's when I mean we all still make mistakes now but I think that early bit where you're making mistake after mistake potentially I know not everyone does I I did I did mistake after mistake it's that's the bit where it's like am I cut out for this should I be doing it and I think if you can get through that um then I think you, you know you do stand a much better chance but I read the statistic I think a lot of businesses do um stop fairly early on and with some of them I do feel like and obviously everyone has their own reasons but I do think with some of them if people sort of kept going you never know do you what might be around the corner whether you give it another six months and not everyone can for for various reasons but um I do think for lots of us and almost everyone I've spoken to the beginning bit's been really really tough for different reasons yeah no I completely agree I think I think back to when I first started and I quit law and I'd only had that kind of year to go those first three to four months were awful like because I nothing was fully kicking off to where it needed to be and I had like working at my grandparents office I work upstairs and like they were watching over me and they could see no orders were coming in and like that felt really scary and I remember that time that was really hard I kind of had to tunnel vision and almost not care about the results and just keep putting in the consistent action and just focus on the action and not let my fear of the results kind of cloud me if that makes sense. Yeah, that does make sense because I think everything takes much longer than you think it does. And you see people on like Instagram and you feel like they've come out of nowhere, but they haven't, have they? They've probably been plugging away for years and you've only, you know, you've only just noticed them. It's not that they've been an overnight success. I don't think there's such a thing. I don't think so. But I think it can definitely look that way. I'm sure people look at our card shop actually, because I remember when I was first starting to start out, I'd look at loads of people's card shop and be like, oh, they've just instantly come out of nowhere and they're huge. And I'm sure like we're not huge at all, but I think people might think like, oh, they seem to be doing, we've got like been making more sales like overnight. And it's, yeah, it's just, that's not how it is. Yeah, and that's why I love having these conversations because I think it's really not good for people to hear that, you know, yes, you're, you know, doing well now, but actually there have been those hard times, you know, in, in the outset. And I think that's really important for people to hear that because sometimes it can look, especially on Instagram, it can look like everyone's doing better than you. Everyone's further ahead than you. Um, and not everyone shares the hard stuff. Yeah. And to be fair, they're not going to, but I think I'm really glad that you do stuff like this because I listen to things like this just to remind me that same thing. And then I only have to think about my own life. Like I love my grand to death and I love my family business and I love that we work together. But sometimes it's infuriating. <laughs> like, and sometimes like things will go wrong and like, well, you know, but that's just part of it, isn't it? And it, but I do think it's easy to forget that when you kind of think only you have the hard stuff and then when you're looking at other people's businesses. Yeah, you're really good about being honest about things like that, actually, which I think is great. Yeah, I have to be careful sometimes. So I'm like, there's only so honest I can be before like somebody like my grandparents and it's like my grand will hit me. So I'm like, I have to try and find these like weird balances between like what's okay and what's not okay. Yeah, that must be like a very fine line. (laughs) Yeah, I do sometimes think I veer a little close to the edge. (laughs) 
So one final question, Sasha, if you don't mind, which is what would your number one piece of advice be for someone else who wanted to sort of start up their own business, particularly one selling products? What would you say um, would be something you'd want people to take away from this? Um, I want it to be useful, so I'm thinking. I'll be honest, uh, practically for me, so before Facebook ads kicked up about the best thing that I did for my business, um, and it wouldn't be the same for everybody, but as I sold, I sold, I sold on third party channels. So to start with, um, putting yourself on whatever's right for you, whether it be Amazon, so I know you do a lot with that, or Etsy or eBay, I sold on all three of those. Um, and that was probably the best thing I did because it allowed me to get money in fairly quickly with low effort and get kind of low cost and get an immediate answer as to like, does anybody want this? Which designs do well? So I think before you, because like doing all your other marketing takes a lot of time to build. So wherever you can kind of bring revenue in kind of straight away, I think you should definitely do that. Yeah, that's really good advice. Thank you. And I think that makes sense. I did the same initially. I started off, I think we might speak about it before I started off selling on Amazon. Um, because like you say, those those marketplaces, whatever ones they might be for your products, there's, there's customers there. Exactly. Because the hardest thing initially is getting customers to come to you, whether that's your social media, whether that's your website. Um, they don't know you. They've never heard of you. It's much, much harder to get traffic to your site, isn't it, than it is to get traffic initially somewhere initially. else. And like you should still 100%, I would say, do your social media. But your social media is going to be frustrating, in my experience at least. And at the start, it's a slow build and, and it's going to be frustrating. So I would definitely make sure that you're getting income elsewhere where you can. And then still working on your social media, because at least as that's building, it's not, you're still getting money in, but also the customers that are coming to you from the other platforms, you know, it's the basic stuff like giving them a thank you note that kind of references either your social media or your main website, and then bringing them over. But if you didn't, if I think back, and I didn't have any of that kind of third party benefit of traffic, and it was just me doing my social media from scratch, I would definitely find that quite disheartening to begin with. Yeah, I think you're right. And I, I would say the same about website as well. I still think if you start selling on Etsy, for example, have a website anyway, even if it's quite basic, you might not have everything on there. Um, just have your own place as well. Because while you're making your sales on, let's say, Etsy, you can be building up your website. That's something you can 100%. do in, in the background. Um, yeah, you definitely don't need to have it all from day one. Um, but like you say, you need to be getting some money from somewhere. So yeah, I think that's fantastic advice. Um, and I guess the other thing is just kind of, it's like, I'm sure that you'll have people that talk about this a lot better, but like, um, and I'm sure you've known this because like, it sounds like with both of us, at least we didn't have the most confidence in like what we were doing at the start. Um, Cause like also your own insecurities, et cetera. But the biggest piece of advice I'd give you is just like tunnel vision and just keep going. Almost like turn off the part of you that's like, cause you don't really have time to explore the part of you that's like, what if it fails? Like you just don't, it's a waste of your time, that entire thought process. Um, so just try and have as much tunnel vision as possible and just keep focusing on the next task and the next task and the next task and then like momentum will start to like build I promise you it'll build it feels like it won't but it will no it will that's fantastic advice thank you and I'll also if you don't mind I'm just going to add one thing to that and say with that tunnel vision try not to pay too much attention to what other people are doing yeah because if you're constantly comparing yourself I think that nothing can drain your confidence that than looking at a competitor on Instagram or whatever that can reach, you know what I mean? However well you're doing, if you start comparing yourself to other people, I don't think you're ever going to win that one. 
it can happen to me now I'll see like other card shops or I even okay I'm a bit ridiculous I'll see Moonpig and then I'll get really upset and <laughs> it's like well they're Moonpigs I should calm down but like yeah I just I don't think it's a health a healthy space like I don't think it's beneficial yeah I don't, I don't either and I think and also I think um, I hope for you Sasha I would say as well and I'm sure you like you do know this but for you I think what you can offer that Moonpig can't is great because they're like fake you, you I mean what you do is pretty much the same you offer really good cards and you can offer the personalization and everything but what's special about you is they're your card and they're your personality and there's like a face behind it we see you and we see your nan and they can't do that and don't do that so I think that's something I'd say to anyone who's sort of comparing themselves to bigger companies as well is that you've got something that they can't have they're too big for that now do you know what I mean completely I'm really glad you said that actually because somebody else said that to me when I was starting out because I was like no I don't want to show my face like it's unprofessional like and then I somebody said to me like think about why you buy from people and actually when you think about it chances are you do like buying from a business where you a small business where you know the face and you're like I like what they do and so then you realize like oh other people will feel the same way about you so if you think about how what you like to but why you like to buy from places that might help you like realize like oh actually that is a thing yeah thank you and I also realize saying this to you I'm a little bit of a hypocrite because I'm really scared of putting my face out there as well so um it's probably a reminder to me that I need to start doing it as well <laughs> I actually really enjoy your content you did um what did you do was it like you did quizzes as well where you were like you could tell from like the branded the bottle and we had to work out what brand it was was it like something yeah like yeah I did do that but I also think it is worth saying that if you don't want to share your face you can still build a brand online without doing it if you're so against it like there are ways to do it like you had some really good that I really enjoyed that and it showed me that we a little about what you did but you weren't showing your face for that yeah oh thank you but I'm, I'm still gonna try and show my face no I still think, think you should show your face you have a great face, face. <laughs> thank you oh thank you so much for talking to me thank you so much for everything you've shared um I'm going to link through to everything that you do in the show notes so people can come and find you and find your cards and yeah thank you so much no seriously thank you I've had a great time oh good thank you Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end of this episode. If you enjoyed it, please do leave me a review. That really helps other people to find this podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and do tell your friends about it too if you think that they also might enjoy it. You can find me at vickyweinberg.com. There you'll find link to all of my social channels. You'll find lots more information, all of the past podcast episodes and lots of free resources too. So again, that's vickyweinberg.com. Take care, have a good week and see you next time. If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.